Recorded live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Connection teleclass. Normally, we think of ourselves as quite different and separate from our animals, and we often block our ability to understand and assist them by this kind of dualistic thinking. And this becomes especially apparent when our animals are sick and our emotions get the best of us. It becomes very difficult to help them. But what if we could soften the edges that separate us and remember that truly in our deepest hearts we're not so different after all? And what if we could harness our inner healing power to support our animals when they're struggling the most? In this class, we're going to explore ways to nurture connection and healing through meditation, and also by practicing patience, courage, compassion, humility, and optimism. And so I'd like to begin tonight with the whale meditation. So I'd like you to find a comfortable position to sit and relax your body, your arms and shoulders and legs, and place your hands on your lap palms up or palms down, whatever's comfortable. And feel that your spine is nice and straight so the energy can flow through your spine and out to the rest of your whole body. And now I'd like you to close your eyes and take a nice deep breath and let it out slowly. And take another deep breath. And let it out. Each breath, feel yourself relaxing, letting go of all of your thoughts, the past and the future, and just bring all your awareness to the here and now. Feel yourself gathering all that energy. And now I'd like you to take you on, I'd like to take you on a little journey. I want you to imagine you're sitting in a boat out in the ocean on a beautiful, warm summer day. The ocean is very quiet today. And the reflection of the sky on the water makes so many shades of blue and your eyes are drawn to look at them. Your eyes relax as you gaze into your reflection in the water beneath you. You begin to notice a small movement in the water. And suddenly, a whale appears, surfacing and blowing air out her spout just in front of you. She slowly turns her body so she can look directly at you with one of her eyes. And the wisdom in her gaze is so ancient and so pure. You realize she's asking you to find your higher purpose. As your eyes lock with hers, 
such a beautiful, majestic being. You become suddenly aware of your own heart, your inner soul essence, the core of your very being. And a white light begins to emanate from the heart of the whale. And at the same time, you begin to feel a warmth within your chest as your own heart's light begins to shine brighter and brighter. Feel that your heart begins to merge with the heart of this whale and simply relax and breathe into this beautiful light of love and compassion. The whale has an important message for you, and you can feel this message within your heart's light. Whales symbolize wisdom, awareness, communication, and healing. Whales are amazing communicators. They're unique and beautiful songs cross thousands of miles across the ocean easily. And so, whales can help us to remember our deepest form of communication, which is from the heart. And that in our heart, distance is only an illusion. For all of our hearts are one. When we learn to communicate clearly with our heart, we will find our song, the song of the universe. And then we will learn to sing and all distances, differences, difficulties, worries, all the things that separate us from each other, that disempower us, all these things will disappear and our heart song will radiate true and lasting healing out into the universe. So within this beautiful light of your heart, you can merge with the whale and suddenly you see yourself diving deep into the ocean with the whale with you. Slowly dive deeper and deeper into the water. The whale is guiding you deeper into the core of your spiritual essence so that you can touch your true power. As you swim deeper, you become aware of your life as a human your many moments of happiness and also the events that have occurred which have caused you suffering and pain. You might see them as pictures or colors or feel them as emotions. 
I'd like you to let the whale guide you to see a moment in your life that you would like to heal. It could be something current or something from your past. See it here before you in your mind and heart. Suddenly you hear the whale singing the most beautiful whale song you've ever heard. The vibrations of the whale song resound deeply through your whole being. And yet, something in that song is deeply familiar. And suddenly you feel your soul singing its own unique song along with the song of the whale. Your song may be a sound, a chant, a melody, or it may just be a feeling, a knowing, a warmth, or a vibration even deeper than a sound meant for ears. This song is uniquely yours. It has been with you always at the deepest part of your heart and you are only now remembering it. Your song emanates a powerful healing resonance. And singing together with the whale makes the most healing, heartful chorus. So now imagine you can embrace that memory of pain and suffering with the pure song from your heart. Feel the song from the whale's heart radiating out, embracing you and supporting you. All the wisdom of the ages is contained in the song of your whale friend so that any anger or worry, frustration or sadness or grief can dissolve easily into love and compassion. You feel yourself encompassed in true healing, one that reaches to the core of your being. Because amidst this universal sound of healing, love and compassion, suffering can no longer exist. It simply melts away. I'd like you to take a few moments to sing your unique song and enjoy this beautiful healing support from the whale's chorus. Your song radiates out farther and farther with the support of the whale's song out into the universe. And to support your song and the song of the whale, I'm going to take a moment to chant OM to invoke the power and sound and healing of the universe.
I'd like you to bring to your mind and your heart an animal that you would like to share healing with. Allow yourself to see a moment from your life where your animal may be suffering. This could be in the present or something from the past. And imagine that in this moment, your heart knows just the perfect song to sing to help your animal. And very gently and without expectation, simply invite your animal to step into this sound for healing. And if your animal wishes, he or she can add her own heart song and the two of you singing together can dissolve all the pain or suffering right now in this moment. Within this beautiful vibration from your heart, everything melts away into peace and harmony. And it's easy to see that your animal's perfect inner light can never be dimmed. So relax for a moment as you share this healing song with your animal. And I will again chant Om to support you. Take a moment now to thank your animal for their openness to connecting with you. 
and thank also the whale for supporting you with her bright wisdom and beautiful song. And rise now to the surface of the ocean. And as you hear your whale blowing air again out of her blowhole, you can feel that all your emotional worries and concerns are released with love back into the universe. How much lighter you feel now. When across the water with your whale back to your little boat where you began this journey. And feel yourself back in the boat, peaceful and centered. But inside your heart, you can still feel this beautiful song that your whale helped you to remember. And know that you can always connect to the sound and inner power to help you to transform suffering into peace and healing. And when you're ready, you can set your intention to finish and take a nice deep cleansing breath and slowly come back and open your eyes. And I'll just open it up to those of you on the call and those of you on chat if you have any questions or comments. I'll unmute you for a moment. We seem to have some echoing, so I'll just leave it on mute um, so you can uh, type to me in the chat if you like. All right, so tonight I want to talk about some of the different ways that we can nurture connection. And as this teleclass is really about the heart of connection and how this relates to healing and helping our animals, so there are a lot of qualities that we can nurture in our lives to help us to deepen connection, that feeling of connection with all things, that oneness. And this is really something that for me is rooted in Reiki teachings. And so I'm going to be talking about some of the Reiki precepts as well tonight. Um, and I'm going to be telling some animal stories to help illustrate some of these um, lessons that we're going to talk about. So I'd like to start with patience. One of the ways we can nurture connection is with patience. So for me, the Reiki precept, do not anger, is also talking about patience. For in some ways, Patience is the opposite of anger. Patience is quiet and calm. Patience is accepting. Patience is a state of being, while anger is often a state of doing, whether it's an internal doing, what we do to ourselves with our anger, eating us up inside, or whether it's external if we're lashing out 
but anger leads to so much negativity. If we can focus on patience when we feel anger, this can really help us to dissolve it. And um, Buddhist philosopher Daisaku Ikeda adds an important dimension to patience. He actually says, this is his quote, which I love, with love and patience, nothing is impossible. Thus, to empower our patience, we must also love. And animals are wonderful teachers of this, as it is often our love for them that helps us to be patient with them in difficult times. When they're facing illness, patience can also serve us well. Think about opening your heart and just being with them in a loving space when they're sick or suffering. Practice letting go of the anger you might feel at their situation, maybe anger at yourself that you can't change things, make them better. Anger, anger, anger. Instead, bring yourself back to patience and empower that patience with the love of your heart. And this will create a healing space of connection with the animals you love and watch miracles of healing happen. The story of Shirley the elephant comes to my mind. Um, Shirley lives at the elephant sanctuary and she was an important piece of my Reiki journey. When I was beginning as a new animal Reiki teacher, And I was still actually not full-time Reiki. I was doing Reiki on the weekends and in the afternoons, but I was teaching middle school at that time in San Francisco. And I watched a PBS special about the elephant sanctuary and Shirley's story in particular. And I was so moved that I emailed Carol Buckley, who is the founder of Elephant Sanctuary. And I explained to her what I did with Reiki, and I told her I felt really called to come and teach her and her staff Reiki so that they could help the elephants in their care even more to heal. And it was quite wonderful because she got right back to me and she said, you know, we're not open to the public. I don't normally do this, but I just feel that you're supposed to come here and teach us Reiki. And so I did. And it was such a beautiful, wonderful experience to be able to meet Carol and the rest of her staff and to teach them a level one Reiki and to really give them some more tools. Of course, they were already doing so many good things, but to just create that Reiki space for them as well was really wonderful. So I wanted to share this story of Shirley because she kind of embodies so many spiritual teachings, but the idea that with love and patience, nothing's impossible, and that idea of connection. So, as you know, elephants live very long, long lives. And Shirley was captured as a baby in the wild, and you can read about her on uh, the Elephant Sanctuary website. They have her story there, and there are some videos as well of her. She performed in circuses for 24 years, and um, during that time, she was terribly wounded by another elephant who crippled her back leg and she lost part of her ear and got a lot of um, scars um, due to a fire that happened. 
And then after she had been in the uh, circuses, she was then sent to live in complete isolation. That is another 20. And although she was kindly by her human caretakers, elephants are social creatures. So I can only imagine what this must have been like for her. And finally, in 1999, she was brought to the elephant sanctuary to live in peace and contentment. I think maybe two, three was when I went there to meet her. But she, when she got there, she became the matriarch of the herd because she is such a loving, patient, wise and gentle elephant. So despite all these years, if you look, if we add it up, it's 46 years, you know, being captured as a baby in the wild and spending 46 years in these kind of unhappy circumstances and yet never losing love or patience through it all. So when she, was, when she arrived there, she was reunited with another elephant, Jenny. And it turned out they'd been separated 22 years. They had been in a circus together when Jenny was a baby. And Jenny was already living there, and when Shirley arrived, and they hadn't seen each other, and yet they recognized each other. It was a beautiful emotional reunion, and they were inseparable after that. And in fact, you can watch it on YouTube. If you look up, you know, Jenny and Shirley Elephant Reunion, you can find it there. It's such a beautiful, just bring your Kleenex box. It's so beautiful to watch. Um, and when I was there, when I went to visit, on the last day, they took me out on this little four-wheeler out to see the elephants, and they were having lunch. And of course, Jenny and Shirley were together. And I was like, so in awe to see them in person and um, Shirley took a big pile of hay and put it on Jenny's head and looked it up. So she had such a funny sense of humor and was just so adorable. (laughs) That was really um, wonderful and sweet. But for me, you know, sometimes when we talk about these spiritual qualities which we need to embody, you know, for example, letting get getting rid of our anger and, and nurturing the idea of the connectedness of our heart, the openness of heart and connection with patients. Sometimes it, it feels like, you know, it's just words and I don't know how to get there. You know, I'm angry, I'm suffering, I don't know, you know, I could talk about patients all day long, I can talk about love all day long, but I'm not there. But I find that when I connect with an animal who embodies that quality, who demonstrates it in their life, and who's gone through even worse things than I have, (laughs) I find that, for me, extremely beneficial. Because now she is a living embodiment of that quality, which I am working on within myself to attain. So this is how animals are our spiritual teachers. And I find that synchronicity, that connectedness, which brought them back together again after being separated, It's a miracle. And yet these miracles can happen. They can. We just have to stay in that place of love. And it can come back to us. The the miracles and the healing can come back to us. So I think Shirley is a very inspirational um, example of patience and love. So next, I'd like to talk about how we can uh, nurture connection 
with kindness and compassion. And I want to start out with a beautiful quote by Ami Ray. And the quote is, we are all so deeply interconnected. We have no option but to love all. Be kind and do good for anyone and that will be reflected. The ripples of the kind heart are the highest blessings of the universe. So the Reiki precept, be compassionate to yourself and others, is what, for me, when we're talking about compassion and kindness and how to nurture that, that brings me back. And if we can contemplate and meditate on this precept, it helps us to be mindful in difficult moments. Sometimes we're very hard on ourselves. Even if it's very easy to be kind and compassionate to an animal we love, we're not kind and compassionate to ourselves. Other times, maybe we're easy on ourselves, but it becomes very difficult to be compassionate to someone who's done us wrong or done an animal wrong. So contemplating this precept can help us to remember that when we place the filter of compassion and kindness over every situation, we will always know how to act, we will always know how to handle our emotions, and we will always know the right focus for our thoughts. So I wanted to, talking about compassion and kindness, I wanted to tell the story of Makoto. And Makoto is um, a black leopard who lives at the Care Foundation. And when I first met him, I didn't know anything about his past. And therefore, I didn't judge him. I just had kindness and compassion for him. And um, when I first met him, I recognized him because I had had some dreams before my, my first time coming to care about some of the animals. But I didn't really remember the dreams until I was there. And I looked in his face and I recognized and I remembered that I had seen him in my dreams. And I was so excited to see him because he looked so familiar that I ran forward um, of course, he's in his cage <laughs> safely, but I ran up to the the bars where he was, and I said, "Oh, I know you! I know you! Look at you!" And I was just overjoyed. And he started, you know, purring and curled over on his back and showed me his belly and leaned his head, was rubbing his head against the side, just like a cat would do. So for me, I thought that was great and that there was this connection and there was this beautiful kindness between us, like, like old friends meeting. And it was, he was so much like a, a, a domestic cat at that moment. It was really beautiful. So my heart was really open with that and I had no judgment. And he responded to that. So meanwhile, um, Kristen, who owns the sanctuary, she is like, her mouth is dropping open, and she's like, what? (laughs) She's like, he doesn't act like this. What is going on? And she was actually quite tearful to see him demonstrate that kind of uh, gentleness and kindness for someone, because she hadn't seen that. 
And so we sort of walked away, and she she told us about his past. And I didn't know this, but he was dubbed a man killer, basically, because he had tried to kill everybody who had, every human who had tried to um, rescue him because he'd been in a situation with a production company that had run out of money and they stopped feeding the animals. And so he and his mother, who's also at CARE, they had almost died. And when they came to CARE, they had animal control or someone had had them before and they tried to, he had tried to maul and kill anyone who went in to feed him or anything. So they were going to put him down. And then they called Kristen as a last resort. And of course she took them in because she's just that kind of person. And, um, and so they, they survived. They both survived and are there, which was really wonderful. But they had to, like, have two or three people whenever they cleaned his area, whenever they fed him food, everything, because he would really try to get you. And so she was really taken aback at his compassion and kindness and gentleness and just that connection that we had. And what ended up happening was shortly after that, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I had to become ferocious in order to beat that. But at the same time, and, and Makoto began to, I began to really feel him in my meditations and my Reiki practice when I would meditate for peacefulness, for healing. He was there with all his strength to help me fight this. And at the same time, Kristen noticed his behavior getting calmer and calmer. And now, if when he gets fed, he would rather be pet first through the cage, but he wants people to, you know, pet him through the bars, scratch him and talk to him and everything, and then he'll go eat. So he actually seeks out human contact, which is wonderful. So I always feel like we helped each other, you know, um, our compassion towards each other helped us to see the positive qualities of each that I maybe needed a little more fierceness and he needed a little more gentleness and we could sort of connect in that space and help each other. And um, I'm going to go see him next month actually when I go back to care and I always feel so just overwhelmed to see him every year. I wish I could put him in my pocket and bring him home with me. <laughs> Although I don't think he would do very well with that. He's not tame, don't get me wrong. But um, <laughs> um, but I, I like to tell his story. I, I was thinking about, you know, what animal to talk about with compassion. And I decided to talk about Makoto because maybe a lot of people wouldn't think of a really fierce, wild leopard that has a really aggressive streak (laughs) due to his difficult past, you might think, well, they could never heal. They could never get better. We could never touch their hearts or our hearts could never touch each other because of what's happened. But when we are completely open with compassion, miracles of healing can happen. And um, and that's why it's important not to, to judge and to, to try to let go. Because if I would have gone in there already knowing his story and how he hates people and he's really aggressive and you have to be really careful, I would have a very different feeling in my heart, I think. 
I mean, as much as I would try to let it go, but it's very difficult. So we have to practice that, that we can let go and just see with an open heart in this moment without judgment. And then anything, you know, anything is possible. We don't limit ourselves. Anything and everything is possible with the healing. So think about that. You know, those of you that work with animals, maybe in shelters or sanctuaries that may have difficult problems or issues, maybe you work with, in the shelter, you know, aggressive dogs or cats that are very feral and that may, you know, people may be afraid of or horses um, or farm animals that have, you know, maybe, um, you know, kicked somebody or bitten someone. And so then there's this tendency to go in there with this kind of this, fear or sort of judgment or worry. And so the more that we can let go of that and just be completely compassionate and kind with our heart without that judgment, it can really make the difference between an animal choosing to connect with you and trust you and an animal turning away and and just, you know, shutting down so I think that connect connectedness really comes from that openness and next I want to talk about how we can nurture connection with humility and I I love this um, quote by Madeline LeEngle and it is one cannot be humble and aware of oneself at the same time and so This reminds me of the Reiki precept, be humble. Be humble is really about helping us to let go of our ego, if we can contemplate this and meditate on this. Letting go of our ego is, in other words, softening the edges that separate us and remembering that we are all connected. And sometimes we think, well, I'm I'm the human and my animal can't possibly understand things as deeply as I can. And so we end up having this ego when we approach our animal for healing and that can interfere with them wanting to connect with us. What I've learned over the years is that animals actually understand connectedness even more deeply than we do. Eckhart Tolle has a beautiful quote about this. He says, Because dogs and cats still live in the original state of connectedness with being, they can help us regain it. When we do so, however, that original state deepens and turns into awareness. Thus, if we can be more open to receive the wisdom of our animals and and their original state of connectedness, If we can become better listeners, one great way to do that is by meditating with your animal, taking time to just be with them. Then we can cultivate a deeper awareness of connectedness of all things and of the oneness of the universe. So I wanted to tell a a little story about a dog named Patty at Brighthaven. She was a German shepherd who passed away she passed away when my dear dog Dakota was in hospice. And um, I had a beautiful experience while sitting in meditation with her. Um, 
when she was still in hospice because I was filled with love and peacefulness during Reiki with her while she while she had was in hospice and really for me seeing that Dakota was in hospice and was going to pass at some point being able to be with her during her journey really helped to prepare me which was wonderful and then after she passed away a few months later I was sitting with Dakota meditating and he was on in hospice nearing his final day and one day Patty came to me during my meditation clear as day it was as if she was right behind me and she had arms that wrapped around me or maybe it was her angel wings but it felt very much like an energetic hug the love was so big and I suddenly felt tears welling up within me and I sensed a strong message from her everything is going to be okay at that time I couldn't imagine how it ever could be okay ever ever again <laughs> if Dakota passed but I could feel her wisdom and I was so humbled by her presence in spirit to support me and for me this was a big lesson in humility with the animals and how much they give to us and how much they know about the universe and it was also an amazing lesson in connectedness that we have even through the veil of death it's true our hearts are always connected. So this might seem at first very difficult to understand. And yes, if we're trying to understand it intellectually, then it might seem impossible to grasp. But what we need to do is drop our mind into our heart and then it all becomes very simple. Another quote by Eckhart Tolle illustrates this. He says, the power of the heart is to be connected with who you are at the deepest level. The power of the heart is the power of life itself. The power of the very intelligence that pervades and underlies the entire universe. It is a power that lies at the very heart of the universe. So to live in connectedness with that, then You're in touch with the power of the heart. So tonight, really, the heart of connection and connection of the heart, it's really the same same thing. And because our animals inspire us to open our hearts and love to our fullest, they are the best partners for us to help us explore the deep wisdom of the oneness of all things. So when you're with your animal or any animal or any creature, whether it's butterfly, um, a, a garden spider in your yard, remember they're your teachers. Approach them with humility. Let go of that human tendency, you know, that you know best and that you know everything. Um, animals are very profound spiritual teachers. And so I'd like to talk about how we nurture connection now with courage. 
So the Reiki precept, do not worry, is actually inspiring us to find our courage. And so I'd like to start with this quote by um, Anait Nin. The quote is, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. And I love that. Because when, if you think about it, when we live in fear, then our life becomes very small because our thoughts focus in on what's wrong. So it's like, imagine it's like a microscope and we're looking through this microscope of fear and we're focusing on worst case scenarios, what might happen, we're seeing all the negative possibilities, we're focusing on the negative things that happened yesterday, we're worried about the negative things that might happen tomorrow. This is what fear looks like. And in turn, it becomes very difficult to connect with others because we build a wall around ourselves. And sometimes this wall is the fear itself which separates us. But sometimes this wall is what we have cleverly called, in our human language, we cleverly call it protection. Oh, I have to protect myself. But in reality, you know what we're doing? We're nurturing separation. I laugh sometimes because I, I tell people, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, you're, you're going to give Reiki treatment to like a shelter dog, let's say that's sick or something. And so you go in there and you're like, okay, well, now I have to protect myself. So I'm going to put up uh, pink bubbles to protect me from, you know, whatever's wrong with them so I don't get any negative energy. Okay, then I'm going to put up purple flames to protect me from, you know, the stress that's here at the shelter. Now I'm going to do a clear bubble around myself to protect me from, you know, any, anything that is, you know, not good or positive or whatever. So I'm put up, and then I'll put up another barrier of, of this and that. Okay, now I have all these barriers. Okay, now let's connect. Does that make any sense at all? <laughs> so we're funny as human beings because we, we create all this stuff in our minds, but what we're really doing is cultivating separateness. So on the other hand, nurture connection with courage. When we practice courage, we can expand beyond the limitations that fear puts on us. With courage, we face our fear. We walk through the fear to the space beyond the fear. Practicing courage doesn't mean we're not afraid. It just means that we're going to lean into the fear instead of trying to avoid it. So let's take the example of volunteering Reiki with shelter or sanctuary animals, okay? We might be afraid to do this for many reasons. And believe me, I've heard all the reasons in the last 17 years I've been doing this. I've heard many reasons. I've told myself in the beginning, I told myself some of these reasons, okay? We might be afraid that we're going to see something terrible. We might hear about an animal suffering. Maybe somebody's going to have to be euthanized. On the other hand, we might be afraid that um, we are going to want to take every single animal home with us. We're not going to be able to leave them behind or we won't be able to sleep if we leave them. So we can come up with a million reasons based on fear that we're not going to go in and volunteer 
Reiki, or just volunteer to help shelter and sanctuary animals, okay? And if we stay in that space of fear, then the shelter becomes a monster in our minds. Maybe we can't even look at it when we drive by it. Maybe we even take a different route so we don't have to drive by it. It becomes a bigger and bigger, 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 bigger monster. But instead, if we push through that fear and we go into the shelter, we can now see many positives. We can support animals. We can watch them getting stress relief. We can watch them healing through Reiki and through the love and support we give them with an open heart. We could even support the staff and the other human caretakers with Reiki or with kindness and compassion so that they then can help the animals from a much better space. We all know that caregiver burnout is so high in shelters. So anything that we can do to help the staff, to support them, that's going to help the animals. And when we actually have the courage to go in and meet the animals one-on-one, they will teach us what courage means. We'll see an abandoned cat that still loves people. We might see an abused dog that is still gentle and trusting. We're at a sanctuary. We might see a traumatized horse that still seeks out human kindness. And so we can learn what courage looks like, that these animals are living embodiments of courage. And we can also see the healing power of love and compassion firsthand. And so now, suddenly the shelter or sanctuary becomes a healing sanctuary that we look forward to going to, not a big monster of fear. There's a great quote by Maya Angelou. She says, one isn't necessarily born with courage, but one is born with potential. Without courage, we cannot practice any other virtue with consistency. We can't be kind, true, merciful, generous, or honest. So think about that, how the courage that you nurture will help you to practice all these other wonderful spiritual qualities in your life. It will nurture connectedness with all things. Just walk through your fear with courage. So finally tonight I want to talk about how to nurture connection with optimism. As we can see from the example of shelter and sanctuary animals, optimism follows directly from our courage. It will become a byproduct of the courage that you nurture. And for me, the Reiki precept, be grateful, is also teaching us about optimism. Because when we live each moment in gratitude, it's a way of focusing on the positive. It's also a way of focusing on our heart or our inner essence. And remember, your heart is the center of connection and connectedness. And also within our hearts lies our most profound healing power, 
So optimistic living helps us nurture our heart, nurture our healing, nurture our connection. I love this quote by Helen Keller. She said, Optimism, then, is a fact within my own heart. But as I look out upon life, my heart meets no contradiction. The outward world justifies my inward universe of good. I love that. And coming from someone who had so many challenges, you know, I think we can all really find uh, strength in her words. Have any of you seen my video on YouTube, Rescued Pitbull Leads Animal Reiki Treatment? If you haven't watched that, look it up, go watch it. For me, I often remember this particular dog when I think of gratitude and optimism. As you'll see on the video, the dog was so trusting and so grateful for his Reiki session. He, he was so full of joy after the treatment. And clearly, he really lived his life in an optimistic space, always expecting the best. And it was as though something wonderful was happening right now. And also, he was like expectant, like something wonderful is going to happen at any moment. <laughs> and so because he was in that optimistic, beautiful space, we were able to connect in such a deep, beautiful way, which you can kind of see unfolding in that video. And I was so surprised after I offered him the treatment when I found out about his past. He had been found in the street with another dog. Both of them were emaciated and left for dead. The other dog actually did die, and he himself was barely alive. He was so skinny they didn't think he'd make it, but he did. And he'd been at the shelter for several months, so he had put on a lot of weight. He was still waiting for his new family. I had no idea so much had happened to him in his past. All I saw was a dog full of joy and gratitude and, yes, of optimistic hope for good things coming his way. And that created a beautiful space where connection and healing could happen. And, you know, his story is also a great lesson in how we often attach to the, quote, stories of animals, their sad past, the bad things that have happened to them, and so on. And this often creates a negative energy that stifles our feelings of optimism about the future. It also makes us feel very separate from them because we start to say things in our mind like, oh, the poor thing, they had that bad experience. And so then they become the victim and we become, you know, the healer or the savior that's coming in. But really what we're doing is nurturing separateness. And we're also nurturing the emotional roller coaster, which can then turn into us getting overwhelmed with sadness. And then all our thoughts can turn to the negative. So. It's important to always see animals with fresh and positive eyes. And the more that we practice gratitude and optimism, the easier it is to let go of the negative stories about the past. We can go deeper and see them with our hearts and see them in this present moment. And again, this brings us back to connection. We are all one in our hearts. So in conclusion tonight, when we talk about the heart of connection, there is joy, balance, love, gratitude, courage, compassion, humility, patience, and more 
It is all right there in our hearts because all is one in our hearts. The heart of connection is the heart of healing and the heart of our true being. And it is also what bonds us to our animal. We only need to remember this. And when we do, we make room for miracles of healing. So, thank you very much for being here tonight for um, this call. I hope it's been helpful. Feel free to email me if you have any other questions or want to make any comments. Let me know how you um, liked the the call tonight. And um, I see um, Terry, thank you on chat, saying that um, you, your echo might have been on your phone. I'm going to unmute. I do have somebody here. See if we, hopefully we don't have an echo. Um, so if anyone wants to say anything before we finish tonight. All right. Well, thank you, um, everybody, for being here. And um, I wish you blessings. And um, I encourage you to revisit the meditation that we did with the whale at the beginning. It's a wonderful um, way to heal yourself using the spirit animals to invite them in to support you, to heal yourself and to um, help your animals as well. So I wish you all blessings and a wonderful evening. And um, I look forward to talking to you. Hopefully I'll see some of you in the call next month. All right. Good night, everybody.